The Christian world needs more spirit-filled teaching. So often we have fiery preaching without substance or doctrine without life. But we seek to join the two. We seek to bring theology on fire. This is Andrew Wilkes. This is Leah Wilkes. And this is Theology on Fire. Welcome back to Theology on Fire. We're going to do it. We're going to talk about abortion today, and we are not going to be ashamed about that. Um, There are a lot of voices on this topic, and you might wonder from the get-go, why another person, why another voice talking about this topic? Aren't there so many people talking about this in the world today? And you're right, there are. There are many, many voices, and I think many, many of them are very, very angry on both sides. I think on both sides, there's great frustration, um, there's great irritation, and I think it can cause just the real, genuine Christian to shy away and close off from what is such a prevalent issue in our culture today. And our focus today isn't to just come on here and say, abortion is wrong and to hate on people and to just throw people on the wayside. You know, that's not the spirit of Jesus. Jesus didn't come to condemn people. He came to teach them. He came to save them. He came to heal them. And that's what we really hope to do in brief today is to, as a Christian, encourage you in your purpose in this area just as a human being and as a Christian in regards to this world issue that you are allowed to talk about it that you have a right to and that you are not to be pushed down or pushed away from this as if you have no right to talk about human life and that's really my main point I just really believe the Lord has given me that particularly just to remind you listener of today is that you are free there's some sort of unknown bondage or hindrance or weight or stigma that is put on the Christian or really a lot of pro-lifers no matter what and that we are supposed to just stand back and we haven't got anything really to stand for and we are not really caring for the women and it's just a lie the enemy just does not want our voice to be heard. And a perfect example of this is recently a friend of mine was at an abortion clinic there witnessing and praying. And one of the escorts for the abortion clinic, they have ladies that escort the women into the clinic so that they can't hear the Christians or whoever's there trying to minister and share to them and what this woman was doing she was waving a flag it was a black flag with the in white the word abortion and she was waving it as if it was something to rejoice about and they had music playing and it was the frozen song let it go and they were playing it so loudly because they just wanted the women to get into the building so that they could have them to themselves and it's just even right there it's such a blaring obvious statement that they have nothing worth saying. They have no real defense. They have no real reason why you should go in there, why any person should go in there and exterminate that life. They don't want you to hear the truth from other people. So all they can do is say, oh, don't listen to that. Don't hear that. That will affect you. No, no, don't don't let that persuade you. Just, just come in here. Just do what we th- say. Don't listen to both sides. Look, just come on. And that's just what the enemy wants to do. Literally, physically, 
if you're faced with people and talking about it, or if you go to a clinic, you could be faced with that. But also, I believe in the spirit, there is a hushing that comes from the enemy. And there is this oppression that makes you feel like, oh, I, I can't touch that. That's a hot topic. That's, that's touchy. That's human life. Yes, <laughs> it is a hot topic. It is touchy. And yes, it is human life, which is exactly why you as a dear Christian born again, by the blood of Jesus who gave his life for you, have every right to talk about it. And let's start off with that. Let's talk about how God cherishes life. And that's that's a very good question here, which is, when is it that that which is in a woman is considered life? When is it considered a human life? Uh, you know, the word that's really used is fetus. So we'll just start off saying, when is a fetus a human? If you asked Aristotle, who was a Greek philosopher, he said that a fetus gained a human soul at 40 days if it's a male, but 90 days if it's a female. So if you're a male, you got your human soul two and a half times earlier than the female. But before that, the soul of the fetus was actually an animal or a vegetable. It's pretty lunatic. But modern people, it's really a matter of whether they want the baby if they want a child, then they consider this fetus to be a baby. Or if someone doesn't desire a child, and then they just call it a clump of cells or tissue. And today I was looking online, and you just see the hypocrisy of Hollywood here in America. There was a USA Today article about stars having a what they called a baby bump. And they were exclaiming that beautiful actors and actresses, these very handsome and beautiful women, they're awaiting their newest family members. And they were speaking of these fetuses as if they were real humans but then an actress named Michelle Williams in her acceptance speech for a golden globe for acting she said this about the award I wouldn't have been able to do this without employing a woman's right to choose and then it, the article says the pregnant act actress continued to choose when to have my children and with whom when I felt supported and able to balance our lives knowing as all mothers know the scales must and will tip toward our children. She was saying, I've aborted a baby for a career. I never wanted that baby to get in the way of my career. And uh, there is, according to the Guttmacher Institute, which is actually pro-abortion but has lots of statistics about this practice, it says most women who have an abortion do so because they become pregnant when they do not intend to. And we're told here that between 2010 and 2014, an estimated 99 million unintended pregnancies occur each year worldwide. Of these, more than half end in abortion. So really what we're being confronted here is the worldview that it's when we say it is. It's when we want. It's when we put value upon that which is in a woman that we declare it to be life. But according to Psalm 139, 11 to 16, we're told, If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. So basically, no matter where I am, you can see. Even if it's in the dark, you see me. And it's so interesting because from there, talking about dark places that God sees, we're told in verse 13, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb, in a place that no one else can see that baby. God, there forming the inward parts of the psalmist, knitting this person together in their mother's womb. And I would, I would love to interject there too, is that he says, 
you saw me when I was being knit. It doesn't say at a certain point when I was knit this much. You know, it says just as soon as I was being knit, the first two stitches, as it were, you saw me as soon as that work began. And beyond that, it goes further and actually says it's God who's the one who's knitting that life together. God taking that genetic material is knitting together that life from the moment of conception. Job said it, Job ten eleven. he says, you clothed me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and sinews. The whole thing is a work of God from the very beginning. In verse 14, it says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. And another verse, Jeremiah 1 verse 5, talk even more about the sanctity of life and the importance of it to God. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, even before that moment of conception. before, And it says, and before you were born, I consecrated you and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. That was Jeremiah. But before he was born, there was a plan for his life and a calling. And that is the same for every life. And before he was even formed, God knew him. And that is the same for all of us. That's right. That's amazing. He says, and I put in you a prophet to the nation. So there was already a plan, mm-hmm. already a plan for the life of Jeremiah, even before he had been formed in the womb, right? Right. And Isaiah, he says it too. And now the Lord says, he who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, again, calling before the womb. He, he life is life human beings don't have to reach a certain stage of development to be precious and to be life. They are in the eyes of God. And then back in Psalm 139, verse 16, it says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. There was a substance, but it didn't really have form, not just a clump of cells. It says in your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. God and his foreknowledge knows every life and has a desire to work in and through each life for his glory. So whenever we speak about ending a fetus, we're talking about ending a life that God has known before it was ever created, before it was ever knit together. So when we speak of a baby being aborted, we speak of that fetus. It's a life that has been snuffed out, and the plan of God for that life has been ended. And I would say these are wonderful scriptures to meditate on, to memorize. If you're going to go to an abortion clinic or talk to someone, meditate on these scriptures and remember these phrases. And remember also, they pertain to the mothers too. Their life is just as precious and their days were just as planned in the Lord that they, if they chose to walk with the Lord, had a plan, had a purpose for their life. The Lord Jesus wants them and their lives are just as redeemable. Their situation is able to be redeemed and saved and poured into by Christ if they would give themselves to him. He cares and loves and cherishes them. They too were made in the womb. They too were knit together by the Lord and they too though broken and maybe finding themselves in 
whatever terrible situations they are in, uh, totally alone, totally abandoned, possibly abused, they too are able to be redeemed by Christ. I had the opportunity to go to an abortion clinic, and uh, I actually worked next to this abortion clinic for two years, and I had no idea that they actually performed the procedures there to end the the lives of babies in the womb. I didn't realize that. And uh, it was just so emotional. I felt actually completely drained afterwards. I got in, I was just there for about an hour. The first half hour, all I did was really just pray. And you could just feel the spiritual warfare taking place. And you're just praying for these people. And you see the escorts and they're shouting mm-hmm. at different times and playing loud, vulgar music. And I got in a conversation with one of the escorts and it was actually amazing. And, uh, you know, she said, why do you Christians come here and you say these mean things? I said, ma'am, what are you talking about? She said, you see that group of people over there? Mm-hmm. And they were they were saying mean things to women as they came in. I said, ma'am, I'm not with them. So I'm not going to excuse, make excuses for them because I don't know them. And then as we were able to talk, at the end of this conversation, we were able to have back and forth conversation. And at the end of it, she simply said, thank you for treating me like a human being. Did I change her mind uh, <laughs> in that moment? No. But we've got to be careful mm-hmm. not to treat these people, even though what they're doing is wrong and God does not like it. He hates this. He loves these people and he died to redeem them, not to destroy them. Right. And just right there, Andrew spoke graciously. He explained. He just conversed with the woman. He didn't attack her. That's never going to win anybody. He just spoke to her. And she really was affected by the conversation. And I really just believe it was a seed or watering a seed. And in Jesus' name, she'll come out of that. You know, but that is something, too, that closes Christians down and makes them feel like they cannot minister in this area. It is because of those that have gone before and damaged the reputation of Jesus. They've gone and they've brought a spirit of anger and of hate and of condemnation. And they may be religious, but they do not minister in a spirit of Christ. And it is those people that damage his reputation. But we, true spirit-filled believers, we don't stand with them. We don't minister in that spirit. But you must, as a Christian, break away from the change of that chains of that stigma, walk in liberty, and don't let that bad reputation burden you. You did not say those things. That is not the spirit that you walk in. And you walk forward in faith and in the authority and sweet healing spirit of Jesus. Let's be the ones to change that reputation. Let's be the gentle but strong voices of love to declare the beautiful truths of Christ. Let's go there and talk to these women say, He loves you. He wants you. He cares for you. There is hope for you. Let me tell you about it. Let's love them and be a spirit of love and not that spirit of condemnation and anger. Amen. And we do have to say that God is is against the taking of innocent life. Taking an innocent life in God's eyes is called murder. So it would be amiss if we didn't address that. But God's grace reaches so deep mm-hmm. that, like Corey Ten Boom said, she was a Dutch woman who was captured by the Nazis in Germany for trying to help Jewish people. And she said, There's no pit so deep that God's grace 
is not deeper still. His love, his, his ability to come in and to save and to meet you where you are and to forgive you. I'm, I'm reminded of the great Apostle Paul, whose goal it was to wipe out Christianity, a murderer of Christians, and yet God took him and made him a choice vessel. And so if you've done this, if you feel the shame of having taken the life of your unborn child, God sees it and he cares and he wants to minister to you. Amen. So, Andrew, could you tell us just statistically, like what we are looking at in this world of abortion? Like, what is it that is going on right now? What are we facing? Well, so um, again, the Gutmarker Institute and I'm not sure I'm saying this right, but this is even the Institute and the statistics are referenced by Planned Parenthood, one of the largest abortion uh, providers in the United States who actually in 2017, they moved their headquarters over to Nairobi, Kenya, because they are seeking to, in their words, expand their footprint to fight for women's reproductive rights around the world. What they're really saying is they're trying to broaden their portfolio and actually expand their abortion industry across the globe because it's quite profitable. In fact, in the United States, it's a multi-billion dollar business. Um, it's, it's, it's really terrible. It, the reason why the people at the top in these abortion industries work so hard to get close to those in government is because it's, it's worth so much money. They don't really care about the women. They care about the bottom line, which is how to make money. So according to that Guttmacher Institute, um, it really seems to be that the main reason women are seeking out abortions is because the themes are responsibility to others and resource limitations. I've got other children. I was not expecting more children. This is not a right season of life. I don't feel I have the finances. Or they don't feel like they have partner support. And uh, that recurred continually through the study. So it's not convenient. It's not the time. I don't want another baby. And I'm going to go here because I think it's extremely important. But uh, I mentioned the Nazis earlier. And again, it would be amiss if I did not touch on this because in the past hundred years, the greatest single atrocity that has occurred in this earth was the Nazi genocide, not just of the Jewish people, but of many others. It's estimated, um, according to a university website, that around 21 million men, women, handicapped, older people, sick people, prisoners of war, homosexuals, Jews, Slavs, Serbs, basically a lot of countries uh, that these Nazis did not like critics, Ukrainians, many others were killed. Even a million were children under the age of 18 years old. And none of these even include civilian and military combat or war deaths. Wow, that's pretty terrible, right? So what was the Nazi regime goal? A pure, what they called a pure race and global domination. And so they destroyed the lives of those that they saw were less fit that they thought were less fit or, in their words, perhaps not convenient to the goal of their domination. But today, many women abort their babies for much less, like in the case of Michelle Williams, who, for the sake of a career, was willing to put a person to death. So the number of worldwide abortions, it's estimated by the same institute that between 2010 and 2014, 56 million abortions occur every single year, and 6 out of 10 of those actually occur in Asia. So if we say that 6 million Jewish people 
were killed in the Holocaust. In this earth, we kill the equivalent of 10 holocausts of babies that are unborn or recently born infanticide every single year. I feel like this would be a moment to put the word Selah. You know, it's a podcast. It's not the word of God, but just just take a moment to think about that. And Andrew, if you could just give us that number one more time. Every single year between 2010 and 2014, it was estimated that 56 million babies are killed. And that was that was several years ago. 56 million a year? Worldwide. Every single year. So uh, they believe that since the 1980s, or slightly before then, over 1.5 billion people have been killed. You know, abortion, it does vary by geographic location. There are certain countries like the Dominican Republic, I believe, which abortion of any kind whatsoever is illegal. And then to the furthest extreme, you have abortion on demand, which is basically people saying, anytime I want one, I can have one. It was uh, here in the United States, um, laws were actually passed where babies, even once they've the mother's given birth to them, uh, the doctor and the mother could actually decide whether that life would would be able to continue or not. It's infanticide. It's those that even after birth could be killed. It's murder. It's straight up murder. And in fact, in the city of New York, over one third of all pregnancies, all pregnancies, end in abortion. Wow. That means for every three women in New York or every three pregnancies, more than a third of them, more than one on average, will be ended in abortion. Like you said, Leah, just silence. That's really, I think, when you let these things sink in, this is reality. This is the single greatest tragedy in our generation. The Holocaust that took place near 80 years ago. But we are living through a Holocaust every single day. And the question is, what would God have us to do? It's not enough. You know, anger is not the solution. Jesus, whenever he was rejected in the city of the area of Samaria during his ministry, James and John, two brothers, said, God, should we call down fire from heaven to destroy them? And Jesus said, what are you talking about? You don't know the spirit that you're of. And so we're not calling now down the judgment of God and fire of heaven upon these people. We're seeking to seek. We're trying to be like Jesus, to seek and to save those that are lost and to stand up against it politically every way that we can. So faced with those facts, with that magnitude um, before us, it can be daunting and we can be left just thinking, where can I stand? What do I do? And um, I just want to encourage you again, not to be scared away by the problem, but just to stand, number one, in truth, that life is precious to God. Know the Bible, know these scriptures, know that he can redeem any situation. That's truth. Know that he can provide for all needs. That's truth. Know that he can heal the most broken and messed up minds and hearts. That is truth. And yes, he can. 
and you can encourage yourself in that before you go into these situations, before you maybe go to that uh, abortion clinic, encourage yourself in the word of God and in his truth. We can stand in love, have a heart that really wants to help. That means rely completely on the spirit of Jesus. Don't be shocked whatever situation you might be faced with, whatever story you might be here. Don't don't frown, don't wince, don't be aghast at what you might hear. Be ruled by the spirit and compassion of Christ and stand in faith. Faith over the fear of, oh, well, there's such a bad reputation or faith over, well, how could I ever make a difference? Faith over the fear of, I can't help these people. I, I can't take them in. I can't provide for their needs. just stand in faith just do the first thing just go and give the gospel go and share the love of Christ and trust the Lord to take care of the rest and furthermore if you do wonder what can I do how can I help them we are going to list under under the podcast description and we're going to post it again on our social media various resources places of help for these women, for these babies, and for yourself as you want to minister into this area, things that can help you and educate you. There are many things out there. And most of all, Jesus just needs us to go out there and share his truth in love. That is what he called his disciples to do. That is what he's asking us to do. Go out and share the love of Christ and defend his reputation and show these women Jesus. So although you personally might not be able to physically do much, you can absolutely share the gospel. You can definitely tell a woman how treasured she is in the eyes of the Lord and how treasured that baby in her womb is. You can most assuredly pray. You can most definitely gather friends of yours around the nearest birth clinic and watch God move and do miraculous things before your eyes. You can fast. You can organize a schedule to pray outside of the clinics and for our nation in this regard. What if you prayed so much that the building itself had to close down because it no longer had any useful function? What if the lives saved through your ministry and prayer and outreach were born again one day and became disciples and were used for the glory of God? Perhaps one of those workers will be converted and as a result, the work of the enemy be hindered. Is that not what it's all about, living for Christ? And if there was ever an example of dying to self, so that others may live, surely this must be it. Let's die to self. Let's not be ashamed to stand and face one of the most horrific, loud and ugly things going on in our culture today and just say, oh, that others may live. I must die to self so that others may live in the joy and fulfillment and peace and wondrous salvation of Christ. I want to close with this quote from another podcasting friend, Two Missionaries and a Mic. It's Dalton Claghorn, and he said, The greatest irony of the 21st century is that those that have advocated for the slaughter of millions of unborn babies for years are now preaching about the sanctity of human life during this COVID outbreak. Someone please tell me how this makes any sense. And it doesn't make sense because it is just an attack of the enemy. It is demonic. He doesn't make sense. He's just wicked. He just wants to take life and hinder Christianity. But we are, as the vessels of Christ, we are allowed to touch this 
we are allowed to minister into this. And don't let any person or any spirit tell you that you are hindered. I want to tell you, in the authority of Christ, you are not. Thank you for joining us at Theology on Fire. Please subscribe so you won't miss new episodes. All of our information and contact details can be found at theologyonfire.org.